Okay, Liz, what would a George W. Bush pizza be? I think it would be like, it would say that there was a habanero pepper somewhere inside, but there isn't one. So it'd be a pizza of mass destruction? But there just isn't any. Wow. What a political podcast we've become. Hey, Dylan. Hey, Liz. Welcome to Food for Pod, our podcast where we eat food. Thanks for welcoming me to my living room. No problem. I can't talk today, so this will be fun. That's good for an audio podcast. It's great. My mouth got cold outdoors. Well, why were you outdoors? I was getting our dinner. Oh, what is our dinner? I don't know. What do you think it is? Well, there's a box, a very familiar box, and it says George's Deep Dish on it. So I can only imagine that it's a salad. Yes. Georgian's Deep Dish does sell salads. Oh, there you go. So, I don't know if they put it in a pizza box. Oh, but, whoa, it's a pizza box. What weird. Wow. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's a pizza. Maybe they put the salad in the pizza box. I didn't uh, ask. You're having to undo it with scissors. That's, it uh, has a sticker on it. Oh, uh, okay. It Maybe, yeah, it was a sticker. Okay. Yeah, it's a sticker. Okay. Unboxing. Great for, also for an audio. Ooh. Ooh. It, look, it is a pizza. It is a, it's a salad pizza. It has sausage on it. <laughs> a salad sauce. So <laughs> I'm assuming that this is, that you got this uh, because we're, what, 13 episodes in and we're just now getting to deep dish pizza? Yeah, so we're, we haven't had a pizza yet on this podcast and I thought it was time since we love pizza. It's funny, I was thinking that for my next uh for my next uh, reverse that we do, I had to find a pizza place. So now you've taken that idea away from me. I didn't want to go 20 episodes without a pizza. All right. So you want to eat this and then talk about it? Yes, I do. All right. We have finished eating and burping. Yes, it is. Time for bed. Time for talking about the food. Okay. What did you think? Uh, so I have a question. Yes. Was this a deep dish pizza or was it a stuffed pizza? This is a deep dish pizza. Okay. Because it sounds, because I've seen it been described stuffed this way. Do you know like stuffed pizza? I know the term stuffed pizza and I came across it when I was researching deep dish and I didn't inquire further about what the specific definition of a no, stuffed pizza is. No, I don't think that there really is because I've seen it be offhand the same as a deep dish pizza. So Giordano's is considered stuffed. Right. And I I literally, I, you stumped me on the first question <laughs> what, and I sorry. tried to do a lot I'm of research. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, no. stuffed pizza is a round pie with a high golden crunchy crust with a red sauce center Hiding a thin top crust over mozzarella bag. I don't think here are the differences. Oh, there's a whole article. Maybe about this. maybe I had them in reverse then, because that's what I thought a deep dish was. I think um, they are both from Chicago. They are used largely interchangeably. Yeah. Um, yeah, stuffed is even deeper than deep dish. Okay. There's an additional layer of dough. Yeah, how can you get and deeper than deep dish? Stuffed has more cheese. Okay. So you have extra dough and extra cheese. Deep dish is still deep. Right. But there's a reasonable amount of cheese and a reasonable amount of dough. So, like, if you can remember the last time you had Giordano's. I don't think I've ever had. Oh, no, yes, I have had Giordano's. Okay. 
Giordano's... The chain. Yes. I have... This is a chain in probably Chicago and Chicagoland area only. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Giordano's is something that I ate one time with visitors, and then since then I've only eaten it yep. when I'm marathon training <laughs> as a carb load. It is very carby. I haven't run a marathon since... Um, 2016, so I haven't eaten Giordano's in at least six years. But we did not have Giordano's. We didn't have Giordano's. We, we had, had George's. George's. Tell me about George's. I would love to tell you about George's. So George's is a new entrant in the Chicago pizza pantheon. It's located in Edgewater. Okay. So close by. It's taken, it's taken the... Pizza world in Chicago by storm. It is. It's getting a lot of accolades of this is the best deep dish in Chicago. Okay. Right now. Um, it's, uh, so some fun things about George's is all of the different types of pizzas are named after people named George. Okay. So what do we have? We had, so for this one, I don't know if we told the listeners, we got the classic original Sausage, sausage, peppers. mushroom, onions. So, like, if you got if you went to any pizzeria in Chicago and you said the special, that's pretty Probably much what, what we got. Um, this one is the Hollis. George Hollis. Do you know who that is? That is the own the original coach slash owner of the Chicago Bears. Good job. Ooh. I I wrote down in my notes, I guess this must be the chef's name because I this is the only George I don't know, and it is not. The chef's name is George Bombaris. Mm-hmm. Hollis oh. is... Wait, so the chef is named George? Yeah. Okay. But he there isn't a pizza named after him. Well, he would be too uh, biased against that pizza. Yeah. What are some of the other Georges? I am happy to tell you. Um, so my favorite one is George Michaels. Well, they don't have George in the name, so you have to fill it in yourself it's called okay. michael's snm so george michael george has... michael and it's spaghetti and meatballs okay and ricotta and roasted garlic and i was On so tempted to get that one but i just felt like for our first one we should get a neutral type yeah. of pizza so that we could understand the pizza itself that's a lot of other carbs on top of an already like pizza pie yeah if i choose to run another marathon i will put that on the short right. list um, then there's Harrison's White Album, which, which is, is a, white pizza. a white pizza. So it's spinach artichoke dip and roasted garlic on okay. a pizza, which also sounds incredible. Um, there's, this is one of my favorite ones. There's Clooney's ER, and it's pepperoni, sausage, oh, meatballs, and meat. bacon. It's so it's lovers. like the heart attack pizza. Okay. I'm, I'm, um, get, I'm picking up the, the theme. Yeah, I also considered um, getting Weasley's spicy red top because it sounded good. It's Italian sausage, fire roasted red peppers, spicy cherry peppers, and ricotta. Who's George Weasley? I think uh, Harry Potter. Oh, uh, okay. All right. That's a deep. That's a deeper. That's cut. That's a deeper cut. Um, Is he running out of Georges? Yeah. Well, I I was trying to think like what Georges are not represented uh, here. We're gonna have Georgie Porgy. I don't think there is a Porgy. And it's just gonna be porridge. <laughs> no. We're gonna have porridge all. Porridge on a pizza. Porridge pizza. Georgie Porgy. 
Georgie's Porgy's Pizza. Chef George, are you listening? We expect Porridge Pizza. pizza. <laughs> um, any other famous Georges we uh, haven't discussed yet? George Gershwin. There's not a Gershwin. Uh, and that would just be, I don't know, jazz? <laughs> jazz. <laughs> a jazz pizza. <laughs> it's the it's the pepperonis in between the notes. Oh my god! What would you? What, what are even like foods? I, like a shrimp cocktail pizza. Oh yeah. Ugh. Like champagne. Yeah. <laughs> a champagne and caviar pizza. <laughs> no. The thing is, it's a deep dish, so you can make it a bowl of anything. I right. guess. Yeah, you can. They did spaghetti. They really opened the doors when they did spaghetti on it. So yeah. George R R Martin, where you just have. It's just Dragons. unfinished. Dra- <laughs> oh, hey, um, yeah, it would be. <laughs> that could be like, um, like intense meat. Yeah, dragon. Like dragon meat. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Find Komodo dragon. And put it on a pizza. Yeah, I was just thinking like, uh, like a like a British meat pie pizza. Yeah. No cheese, just gravy. Uh, There's also a George Costanza brownie. You don't is know that, who that is because you've never watched Sein- Seinfeld. It's Seinfeld, but is that a reference? Um, maybe. I haven't watched enough Seinfeld to answer this question. Okay. I didn't research that deeply. I would have thought black and white cookie, personally. Or cake from the garbage. That's not the Seinfeld restaurant. I would say soup. Soup. <laughs> yeah, I guess if they had a soup. They don't have a soup. They do have George of the Jungle salad. Okay. And a Caesar salad, which is Giorgio Armani. Mmm. Okay. Um, let's talk about the pizza. Okay. I I have a I, I love this menu naming and I could talk about it all day, but I'm I still, I'm going to be thinking of more Georges, so probably throughout the episode. I, when you think of a George, we'll just stop and think about what their pizza okay. would be. Um George Jetson. Yeah. Futuristic pizza. <laughs> it's like in a tube. It's yeah. <laughs> um Okay, yes. so I want to talk about the pizza because, so, I went to Georgia's because it's getting a ton of accolades. Everybody loves it. Um, Some of the things that make this pizza a little different from your standard deep dish, what are, well, I'm curious, what are some of the things that you think were not what you expect from a deep dish? Um, If anything. It seemed pretty standard deep dish to me. Maybe it was more dough at and less like filling, because I know there are some places where you can go like uh, kind of along the lines of the the more chain ones where it's like all sauce. Yeah, this, so this one, was not like super lots of sauce. Yeah, this didn't have so much tomato sauce that you're angry about it. Um, this one, so the the crust is a little different. It's a sourdough focaccia style crust. And if you notice, I ate my crust, which is not Yeah, that's not typical. I'm not a big crust person, but I it was very good. usually count on getting to eat your crust. I'm sorry, I didn't give you my crust. Um, no, I liked the crust. This was this was something that is not always how a deep dish pizza crust is made precisely, and I thought it was a really big improvement because it wasn't so extremely dense and heavy. I re- I don't like having a baguette as my pizza crust. Right. It had it had like a good dinner roll vibes. When I was eating the crust by itself, I was like, this feels like a really good dinner roll. Almost. I will say crust matters 
And I think that, like, my my favorite uh, deep dish place, it has, it's probably based on the crust. crust so. Yeah. I, the only thing about the crust, which I think is good for being able to eat a large quantity of it, but bad from my perspective as a glutton is sometimes I like it when the crust is really really greasy like Detroit style yeah and this wasn't so greasy See, this is why we need to get you to Pequod's because that yeah is, I like, haven't absolutely their pizza style yeah we'll we'll come back and compare this to Pequod's yeah. once I've had Pequod's but I I did I mean for like a Tuesday dinner I appreciated that the crust didn't make me want to die I appreciate you're right, for a Tuesday, spoiler, we're recording this on a Tuesday, they, it was not the to-do about uh, deep dish. I feel every time I eat deep dish, it's always an event, and I feel like I can live the rest of my evening. Exactly, I don't feel like I need to immediately take a nap and then run 26 miles in the morning. Yes. Um, which is good, I don't always want to do that. The other things that were unique about this is the there is a crispy caramelized cheese edge. So even though the crust isn't that greasy, there is cheese yeah, throughout. I would say you can tell that the sausage is really good quality. Yeah. Because, like, we get Domino's probably more frequent than we'd like to admit. But, and, like, we like the sausage that they have there. But that is, like, real processed sausage. Yeah, this, this was, like, legit. Like, this was, like, sausage, like, you probably get from a butcher. Yeah, the sausage was really good. I, I liked the vegetables. The vegetables were all good vegetables. You and can tell it was in a good, like, long-term oven, too, the way that there was crisp on top of the pizza. Yeah, and um, I liked the tomato sauce. Yeah. I it, It's described on the website as sweet tomato sauce. I didn't find it no overly sweet. sweet. There was I, no sweet at it all. It wasn't, like, herbaceous or spicy, but I, it wasn't, like, I wonder sweet, if, sweet. I wonder if they have other ones that have, like, a spicier tomato sauce, so this is, like, their sweet in comparison. Possibly, yeah, that makes sense. But it wasn't, it wasn't like, sugary. No. It was, it was nice. But I guess, I, like, I've seen tomato sauces be called sweet, too, but I've never actually had a, had a tomato sauce where I've been like, oh, this tastes too sweet. So. I have. Really? Yeah, I mean, I think it's on, like, lesser pizzas. Sometimes it can get a little... I don't think they... I don't think anybody, like, literally adds sugar, sugar until you their... can taste it, but, like, tomatoes are technically a fruit, fruit, and they can sometimes create sweetness in a dish, and right. I thought it was not, like, cloying at all. So they're using quality tomatoes. Exactly. And um, I also wanted to know what the crust... It takes several days for each pizza's dough to individually cold ferment in its own container. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of work going into this pizza. And so I thought it was interesting because you said this wasn't a to-do. And it's not in the sense that you don't have to put your name in and wait for two hours. But you do have to order it in advance on top. Was there... And once they're sold out, they're sold out. Oh, nice. Because they only have a certain amount of like pizza dough that they can Exactly. Do. Yeah, because they're planning it ahead. Do they have like a dining area or is it all to go it's the business is mostly to go they do have an seating okay and 
it smells amazing. Like, I just wanted to sit in that room. I walked in and I was like, oh, it smells so good. And I didn't say that out loud because I felt like that would be really and that's embarrassing. Why, and that's why you ate a pizza before. It, it took you so long because you ate a pizza there. Yeah. And then you brought one back for It us. was just the chef and me in the room. And I didn't want to make it weird and be like, I just want to sit in this room and smell <laughs> it. <laughs> but it smells, it smells amazing. So I think they are mostly just cooking pizzas to go. It opened in, I think, 2021, so a little pandemic-y. Yeah. Um, and so I think they didn't really set it up as a restaurant. It's basically takeout and delivery, order ahead of time. We sell the pizzas we have. Yeah. The hours are like 5 p.m. until sold out. So you can walk in if they have some available, but I would recommend I bet you this started off like ahead. Ghost ki- Kitchen. Yeah, I couldn't. I didn't note that in any of the articles I read, but that doesn't mean... That's the vibe. It it's not. Up. It does kind of have that vibe of somebody who was like... I think he was perfecting this recipe for a while before opening up nice. a restaurant or a takeout place. Um, yeah, so I just I just felt like this is... I was thinking this when you said we were going to go back and get another piece. This is like the first time I think I've ever had deep dish... And been like, actually, I could eat more of that. Right. I wasn't full after two pieces. Two little pieces. Yeah. Yeah. We got, we got a 10 inch and the 10 inches for two people. And I feel like that's not incredibly unreasonable, actually. It's like, it's not, it's weird to say like it's a deep dish, but it's not so dense and filling. I feel like one of the big knocks and that I kind of agree with when people are like, oh, New York pizza versus Chicago pizza, deep dish pizza because there is tavern-style pizza, which actually is the real Chicago-style. Yeah. But I feel like one of the big knocks that people give to it and is that you just, like, it's too much food. And mm-hmm. I think that this is, like, no, no, it proves that you can't have deep dish and not have everybody take a piece home with them after eating it. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, I almost, when you were making your spoiler alert, Dylan was meal prepping today and I almost wanted to be like, don't meal prep too much. Yeah. There's going to be so much pizza, but I think the, I don't there's think there actually is. not going to be that much. I, I, think think we're, I think we got like three pizzas left yeah. and it's going to be gone by the end of the night. It's great. I, I That's something that I think is really exciting about it because usually when it's the like greasy, dense monstrosity, you take a couple bites and you're like, this is amazing. Well, then but you, then you can't eat anymore. It's well, <laughs> so like... Really, really good quality, and also you can eat a couple of pieces. And then you go home and you put it in the fridge, and then you take it out the next day, and it's just like a block of cheese on a slice (laughs) of bread. Exactly. And it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to eat cheese and not poop today. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We always say something on here where I'm like, I hope they don't get to this point in the podcast. No, I'm saying pizza, you'll have a bowel movement tomorrow. I'm saying that this is, that's a good thing. You'll stay regular with this pizza. <laughs> no, I think, I mean, I loved the crust. It's just like, it's deep dish, but it's not yeah. so dense. It's really, really, it's really good. Um, I The other thing that I liked about it is that it wasn't the tomato sauce on top. Yes. It was the toppings and then the tomato sauce and then the cheese. And I think that is where I got mixed up with uh, stuffed versus... Mm-hmm. Deep dish, because I thought deep dish always had the pizza or the, the tomato sauce on top, and I don't like that. I think that might be more of a char- character of stuff, because oh, okay. I think that's what Giordano is like, but it may, yeah. I don't know. I don't like the pe- the, the 
I don't like having tomato soup on top of my pizza. Right. And this is, I'm going to, I wrote this down, I'm going to say, this is possibly the only thing I've ever agreed with uh, Justice Scalia on. Oh, no. Have you ever heard this quote? Are we, is there, uh, now... 13 episodes in, now we're getting political. Yes, so this is this is a, this is something um, famed Our conservative hero, justice Scalia. said um, on Deep Dish, he said, it's very tasty, but it's not pizza. It shouldn't be called pizza. It should be called a tomato pie. Is this the famous court case of New York pizza v. Chicago pizza? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I don't know like why anybody is asking his opinion on yeah, that. Yeah, that was but a very bizarre quote. He's no, he's famously quoted as saying that, and I was like, yeah, he's not wrong. I think if you're thinking about like a classic Chicago deep dish, yeah. like tomato pie is more accurate, especially the one with all the tomato sauce piled on top. Yeah, I think this I, I like would this still better. call. I would still call this a pizza. I've I always like this kind better. Yeah, and the, I liked the toppings on top. I like. Seeing the toppings, the... I don't like... I think there's something, there's something, like, super unappealing of just, like, red tomato sauce on top of your pizza. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, it's not... Like, you can't... It doesn't crisp like this pizza crisp. Yeah, you know? but what if there's spaghetti in it? <laughs> um... I I also like... This is, this is like, something that I hadn't thought about with Deep Dish before. George Russell Pizza. Oh. That's just fish and chips on it's pizza. It's fish, yeah. It's Sorry, continue. Incredibly British. Best lad. Best lad. <laughs> um, and it's blue for some reason. Yes. Because of Mercedes. This is a Formula One driver. Uh, yes. For, for, people people know that we're into Formula One vroom, at, vroom. This, at this point. Vroom, vroom. Um, yes. So the cheese was in the middle. Yes. It was cheese sauce toppings. Yes. I hadn't really thought about this before, and I don't know if I've noticed this with other deep dish, but it means that you can, like, take a bite and you don't get all the cheese. Like, there was an even amount of cheese in every bite of the pizza I took. Yes. And that was an underrated thing that I really appreciated. And I will say, I uh, did not need a fork, which is probably the first time ever eating deep dish that I haven't needed a fork. Yeah. And it stayed together really well. It held its form, and it didn't, like, slop all over me. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't get cheese on my face. I don't think I spilt on myself. I wore oh, a black there was, shirt. There was a little. But that's just, <laughs> that's more about me than the pizza. Yeah. Um, great. So I think we are... Pro. Two forks up on George's. Pro, we haven't pro. added this rating system yeah. before. Uh, we, have fork, we have fork ratings now? Yeah, two forks up. Two forks up. Four forks up. We each have two forks. Okay. <laughs> So this is a fancy dining hall where we have the whole... We have a salad fork. Oh, we have an oyster fork. Okay, six forks. Okay. I'm giving... Dessert fork, eight forks. I'm giving it the little dessert spoon up. Little dessert spoon up. (laughs) Steak knives up. Um, That's actually the new uh, Knives Out movie that's going to come out. Steak knives up. Steak knives up. Yeah, so let's talk... You want to hear a little bit about the history of Deep Dish? Please do. Yeah, so... There's not like it was a... founded by Harry Carey in 1964 <laughs> at Wrigley Field. Oh, you were, no, you were wrong. Oh. Um, <laughs> I thought you got the year right. That I oh. looked at, I was like, no, you were wrong. Um, yeah. I uh, 
There's no, there's no gotcha here. Um, it is invented in Chicago. No way. And I'll give you some guesses on which was generally agreed to be the first deep dish place. Okay, do I have to guess from the Chicago places? Yeah, it's a Chicago place. Geno's. No. Geno's East. It's not a Geno's. <laughs> Giordano's. It's not Giordano's. Uno. Yes. Pizzeria Uno? Pizzeria Uno is generally thought to be the first um, deep dish pizza. You may know it as a chain restaurant all over the world. Um, but Pizzeria Uno started in Chicago and is generally thought to be the first place to serve deep dish. Um, it was operated by Ike Sewell and Rick Ricardo. Ricky Ricardo? Yes, uh, from I Love Lucy. Yeah. No, it's Rick, R-I-C, Ricardo. Oh, okay. Um, and... They, at the time, most of the pizza in the U.S. was similar to the Neapolitan pizza we all know from Italy. Yeah. Um, and they wanted to serve something more substantial. Um, for our hearty boys for, working in Chicago. Exactly. So this was in 1943, and so we were like, we want to serve something hearty, but also uh, there's like a war going on. Right. Or about to be. So... We need to think about our ingredients. Yes. Um, we, need to, we need to make our ingredients hearty but last. Hearty, but they need to be salt-of-the-earth ingredients. So they started deep dish. Um, now, here's where there's some intrigue. Yes. So somebody named Adolfo Rudy. M- oh, miss those names. Adolfo. Adolfo. Uh, but he goes by Rudy okay. Malnati. Okay. I've heard of You've heard of some Malnati's. Uh, So he claimed that while he was working at Pizza Uno, he actually invented Deep Dish. So Ike and Rick were the marketing men, and Rudy was the guy who actually came up with the recipe. He was the pizza man. Yeah, and so he became the co-manager of Uno's when Rick Ricardo passed away. R.I.P. Rick. Yep. Then... Our boy Rudy Malnati also passed away. R.I.P. Rudy. This is a sad story. Well, all these people were adults in 1943, so it's not like a surprise. Plus, they were eating a ton of they pizza. They were eating only deep dish. Um, so Rudy also passed away. I mean, I don't know. This wasn't like all in 1943. I think they died at normal times for their ages. Rick, Rick and Rudy cut down in their prime. Um, so Rudy passed away. And his son was not promoted to manager in his place. Oh, shit. And so he felt that uh, pizza managing should work like the monarchy. Um, (laughs) No, at this pizza place, it's a meritocracy. (laughs) This pizza place is a monarchy. It's not Burger King, geez. We have actually a a religious oligarchy in this pizza place. This this pizza shop is a dictatorship. This pizza place is run by the Catholic Church. (laughs) And the Pope is in charge. (laughs) We only take orders from the Pope. (laughs) No pizzas are being made until the Pope says so. The the Pope says that you want pepperoni. (laughs) You're not going to argue with the Pope. Um... So, uh, so the son wasn't, didn't become the manager because it didn't work like the 
kings, and he um, decided to open his own pizza restaurant with his dad's recipe. And can you guess his name? Uh, is it Salmonati? <laughs> I'm assuming it's called the Luminati. Lou Malnati's, yes. Can his name you, was Lou. I feel like this is a good point to tell you that for like three years when I first moved here, I thought it was called Illuminati's Pizza. Mm-hmm. Like after the Illuminati. Yes. That's a lot of people yes. call it that or get confused. Lou Malnati's. Well, he um, should have known. So that's the origin story of Lou Malnati's. Gino's East just also opened... A little bit after Pizzeria Uno's, but there's no intrigue. It's I just knew people that there copying was their idea. and I thought it was Pizzeria Uno and Gino's, but it's Illumina. It's Uno's and Lumalnati's, oh, okay. and then Gino's just copied it, and then Giordano's decided they invented something different called stuffed pizza, but it's, I don't know, it's kind of the same. And they're all just pretty much the same. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's, there's like, variations on the theme within Chicago. Yeah. Like this one we just ate. But I think that these that are like starting, like in the pa- in the past like four decades, yeah, like they're kind of refining it. But these old ones that have like the same, they just have the same like recipe from when they invented it. Yeah. Now, you've learned from this podcast that for every piece of food history you think you know, there is something out there saying like that's wrong. Yes. So there's also have you heard of Rosati's? Yes, I think I've walked or driven by one. Yeah, so Rosati's claims that they invented deep dish in 1926. Okay. A full, like, 17 years before Uno's? Sounds to me like a uh, Minotti guy was snooping around. Yeah, I mean, so, who knows? I, somebody, this seems like something that somebody could figure out yeah. but I didn't go I didn't go to the archives and find old Rosati's takeout well, menus from 1930s. We're gonna do a live on location podcast from the P- Chicago Pizza Tour. <laughs> I have ask, I no I haven't I tried to get tickets to the Chicago Pizza Tour and they were sold out and I never I've tried again. known like three comics that have that have uh, been tour guides on the Chicago Pizza Tour. So we'll ask them, or we can also ask my great aunts that lived in Chicago at in the, the time. In the 1920s. Um, more like the 1930s or early 40s prior to Uno's claim to see if they were eating deep dish pizza as children or not. We'll say Great Depression era, great aunt. Were you uh, eating deep dish pizza? <laughs> How much deep dish did you eat in the Great Depression? Um... Yeah, so, oh, and I also wrote down one of the, the reason the tomato sauce is on top of deep dish is because you have to bake it for so long and the cheese would burn if you baked it for that long. Obviously, we've proved that wrong. Yeah, well, the toppings were great. The toppings yeah. were not burnt. Um, so I, that's a lie. Yeah. I used to go to Pizzeria Uno's in Pennsylvania and like Boston when I was like a kid and in college and I used to eat the most disgusting food you can imagine. The only deep dish we had was uh, Chicago pizza. Do you know what it is? The food that I used to eat? What was it? It was, um, it was, it was like, it was called pizza skins and it was... Potato skins with pizza 
ingredients. It, yeah, it was the other. It was a it was a deep dish pizza crust filled with potato. That sounds very Ohio or uh, Idaho of you. Yeah, it was like it was like a mashed potato in a deep dish pizza crust with like cheese and bacon. And was it, it was good? like it was like my favorite thing. It's horrifying to I think mean, about. I'm trying to find a George. Yeah, which would, George would be a mashed potato? <laughs> maybe cure curious George. Curious George is already on there. Oh. Curious George is a uh, lemoncello cake. Oh, because of the guy with the big yellow hat. Exactly. Okay. So. I don't know if like monkeys are associated with potatoes. No, but it would just be a weird. Oh, because it's weird. Because it's weird. Curious. Yeah. Great. Well, um. Moving right along. Moving, moving along. I don't have a good transition to Belgium well, from deep dish. <laughs> well, we've we've gotten to the point where now it's time to uh, get back into our uh, where in the world are Liz and Dylan eating segment. <laughs> Wait, I. Uh, Georges Chirot is French, but I was going to say we could make, uh, pizza with, like, mussels and fries and call it the Chirot. I can't say that I know any Belgian Georges. I mean, he's French, but he's an artist, so I'm okay with it. Um. So, Liz. Yes. We went to Belgium. Yes, we did go to Belgium. And. And, um. We ate a lot of, uh, interesting uh, we at where when we were in Amsterdam, I feel like we had a lot of different kinds of stuff. When we were in Belgium, I feel like we ate like a lot of traditional Belgium dishes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, what? So tell me, when we were going to Belgium, what foods were you like? I need to eat this when I'm in Belgium. Uh, fries. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard. That fries were good in Belgium. Mm-hmm. Uh, you told me mussels. Yep. And other than that, I had waffles, but I have no interest in eating any waffles. I had a Belgian waffle. You had a Belgian just waffle. Just for, just to say. Uh, but other than that, I was a open blank canvas. Yeah, I mean, you basically, you basically got it. I think those are the things that people associate. Yeah. Um, with Belgium and beer, obviously. Right. Belgian beer. Yeah, and chocolate. Yes, I did know I needed to pick up chocolate. <laughs> There's actually a lot of foods that are associated with Belgium. That was every time I thought about it, I was like, oh yeah, and waffles. Oh yeah, and mussels. And oh, yeah, beer. And beer. Um, so we went to, when we were in Belgium, we went to Bruges specifically. And I didn't know a lot about Bruges. I just kept being told to go there. I just heard, knew everything I know from the movie. So. You didn't see the movie. I had not seen the movie. So but, you didn't know very much so about it. So I didn't it. know anything. Um... I just knew from people that it was, like, a nice place to visit in Belgium, and it was not too long of a train ride from Amsterdam. Right. Um, And it was funny, because when we got to Bruges, we took a short taxi ride from the train station to our hotel, and we asked our taxi driver for a (laughs) restaurant recommendation. And what what did did he he say? say? He said, there are none. Or he said... He said they're all the same. Yeah, we asked him what was a good one, and he said... None. They're all the same. Yeah, he, like, refused to recommend a specific restaurant. He didn't even have, like, a friend he could give, like, a props to or something. Yep. He was just like, they're all the same. Don't bother. You're here for three days. Don't eat. Um, and then we asked the receptionist at our hotel where to eat. And, and she was like, don't go to any of the touristy places. Yeah, she said, I like the Italian place across the street. And it's like, we are in Belgium. We are not eating at an Italian restaurant. Yeah, and I thought about, I was thinking about this a lot when I was, like, making my notes for Belgium is, I think this is one of the hardest things when you're traveling is, like, 
I'm always stuck in this tension between wanting to eat the traditional food. So like eating the mussels and eating the Belgian waffle and eating mussels on a waffle. But um <laughs> And drowning it in beer. Yeah, pouring <laughs> throwing mussels on a waffle and pouring beer on it. Mussel waffle be- waffle beer. Yes. Um, Sounds but, like an IPA. But the thing is, like, you also, I also, like, want to eat what, like, the people who live there eat, right? Like, I think they were being actively unhelpful. Because I think if people came here, we'd be like, well, do you want deep dish pizza or do you want this? Yeah. We'd be able to give people, we'd be able to give people, like, ideas of where they can get whatever they want yeah there's the connection because this is the belgian food is the deep dish pizza of belgium yeah, um, this is the chicago yeah. Belgian food yeah like i if somebody if somebody asked me where to eat i would definitely start with asking some questions about what they were looking for but i would be a little sad if somebody was like yeah i just want deep dish yeah. um so i feel like i try to do a mix I feel like I feel like if nobody is, it depends. If it's their first time here, I definitely recommend a deep dish place because if it's like, their first time here, I pour them a shot of Malort and then I give them a recommendation. Well, that's fair, but I do not uh, force Malort on people. So and that makes you superior. not a true Chicagoan. No, uh, but I, I, cause, cause I think that one jealousy, or just like honestly, I only eat deep dish when somebody is in from out of town generally other yeah. than tonight yeah and so i'm like okay well like i could get my yearly deep dish in yeah that's true i mean yeah i i so i guess like when, when we got to bruges we were like hearing all these locals say don't do it but i really just wanted to go to like one of the like 500 identical belgian food restaurants and we were great one thing that i noticed uh Care, uh, not to tread on things in the last episode, but uh, loved just uh, croquettes. Yeah. Just every, like, I think we had two meals where two out of our, like, four meals that we had there were croquettes. Yeah, we had shrimp croquettes. We had chicken croquettes. I um, did write what's the deal with croquettes. Um, I, so, like, croquettes are a food that you can get anywhere in the world. They're not, like, specifically uniquely belgian right kind of like we've talked about with hand pies where like most cuisines have a version version. of this um do you think croquettes are like a more touristy kind of food so that's why they were in like restaurants because they're really good they're really good i definitely like i don't think everywhere you go that they're necessarily called croquettes specifically there's a lot of different like fritters fritters like fried things i think the what i liked about the belgian croquettes is that they were um they so like they have a i looked it up it's a thick bechamel filling yeah so like they're pretty saucy inside you bite it and that's what i like about a fried thing you bite into it and it's real juicy yeah so like there was when they say shrimp or chicken croquette, they were like kind of light on the meat and heavy on the sauce. Yeah, that's okay. And I don't mind. They were good. Um, so the traditional Belgian place we started with shrimp croquettes, and then I got mussels in beer. Mm-hmm. So tra- I looked up traditionally Belgian mussels are cooked in a white wine sauce, but with the sauce replacing the white wine with the beer is also very popular and. I decided to do that because it was Belgian. And it was like a mountain of muscles. Oh my god, it was so much muscles. Like, I feel like I had half of your your muscles, too, because there were just so many of them. 
Yeah, it was it was a huge pile of mussels. The fries were really good. Um, I don't know. I think you're never really reinventing the wheel with French fries. No, but they were good. Yeah, but the sauce was then the mussels were surprisingly good. And then you had the beef stew. I did, and it was very good. And I looked up. So generally, Belgian beef stew is similar to like beef bourguignon. But it's made with Belgian beer instead of red wine. And they said that it was, like, really, like, slowly cooked. Mm -hmm. It was, like, a day-long process. Yeah. And so that was, like, that was our, like, very traditional, like... Because Bruges is a pretty touristy town. It seemed like everybody there was British. (laughs) Yeah. Old British people. Yeah. Um, And so the, the Belgian food was... Honestly, like, better than typically when I go to, like, an obviously touristy restaurant. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Also, like, it was this very European thing that I've noticed, like, when I went to, like, Scotland, it was this, where it's, like, they close in the middle of the day. Like, restaurants close and then reopen, which is not an American thing. Yeah. I mean, they either open and stay open or they open for dinner. Right. In the but, US. Like, but, like, they had lunch. They close at, like, 2, then they don't reopen till like, 5 yeah. or whatever. And yeah. I think that that makes a lot of sense. And it can, I feel like, in a way, it makes the food taste better. You yeah. Know? Because it's like, okay, we're going to, like, recalibrate. I mean, it sucks for American tourists that expect to be able to have food <laughs> at when, any moment. when or wherever they want. Mm-hmm. But I understand, like, okay, we're going to recalibrate before the dinner time. Yeah. That's that's a really good point. I, I don't always see that here. Um, so then the, the place we had, the next place we ate was That's Toast. We got, and it's exactly what you think it is. It was a, it was probably the highest rated restaurant I saw. It was like every list of where to eat in Bruges, it was like first on it. And, and it you was, could get whatever you want. It would just be on toast. Yeah, as long as it was on toast. Actually, a lot. I, a lot of them look good. If we were like there for longer, I would have wanted to try more of the toasts. Like cause... I got a pastrami sandwich, like an open faced pastrami sandwich on toast. But it was like a mountain of pastrami. And it had potato chips and on potato it. Potato chips on top of it. I had uh, the chicken korma with uh, chickpeas. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that place a lot. I don't know if that's. It's. I mean, a fancy toast seemed like it was. That's obviously a thing that's a lot of places, but right. it was very much a lot of places in Amsterdam. And you could tell by the line out the door that it was popular. Oh, yeah. We had to wait outside the restaurant. Yeah. And then you go in, and I thought it was going to be teeny tiny, but there was like a whole three extra rooms. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was worth... It's the second breakfast I've waited in the rain for this year, and it was worth it. Yeah, it was good. Um, what else? Um, I think that the only other meal we had was where we had the, we had the shrimp or the chicken, the chicken croquettes, croquettes. And then what else did we have? We had that really good pork belly. Oh my God. Melt in your mouth pork belly. I think we should do like, we could do a top list of pork belly places and go to all of them. (laughs) Our pork belly list. It's like one of them is in Belgium. Because I think like, I'm realizing that like I, everybody likes bacon, but. Like, you're sleeping on pork belly. Yeah, pork belly is... It's better than bacon. It's better than bacon. It's better than pork. Yeah. Unless you're trying to have, like, a large quantity, because I can only eat so much pork belly. Well, it's just rich. Yeah, it's really... It's really good, though. It is better than bacon, and it's yummy. 
Yeah. Oh, and then we had the cheese in the bread bowl. <laughs> yeah, just, and that, it, well, you can't go wrong with just a melted cheese. Yeah, you can't go wrong with cheese inside of bread melted. Yeah, so, um, so big, big thumbs up to the Belgian food experience. Yeah. We also had a lot of good drinks in Belgium that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, the, the cocktail bar. Yeah, that was that was called Bar Ran, and um, I they don't have a menu online, so well, they I don't have, they don't really have they a don't, menu. Yeah, they basically are one of these places where you say what you like and they'll make it for you. Yes. So I get I I listed like seven cocktails I liked, and I think she was like, "You have to stop. <laughs> That's too many." They gave me a, a a a drink that was half absent, half red wine that was incredible it actually tasted really good (laughs) it was also just like gorgeous i love a red wine pour over i'm posting that picture yeah it was it was great and then we also found outside of the restaurant there was a urinal that you could just use well that's on my that's on my my urinals around the world podcast okay we'll talk talk about about. that later um (laughs) and then okay i we also this is like a really fast run through everything. I also enjoyed. We went to the the um, Christmas market. Yes, they had a Chris, Chris a Chris Chris Kindle market. Chris Kindle market in Brussels. In Bruges. In Bruges. Where were we? We were in Bruges. In we went Bruges. to the Christmas market. Um, I had mulled wine. Um, I liked it because it was not playing Christmas music. It was playing like eighties music. It was playing like. George Michaels. <laughs> George Michaels S&M pizza. pizza. Um, no, it was it was it was a fun. Uh, it, even though it was raining, it did rain most of the time <laughs> in Belgium. But that doesn't have anything to do with the food. The food nope. was still excellent. The food was excellent. Mostly we ate indoors. Yep. Um. And then I had a Belgian waffle on a train. <laughs> you did. On our way out of town, you got a Belgian waffle. I wasn't hungry at all, but I was like, I'm going to feel really stupid if I go to Belgium and I don't eat a Belgian waffle. And how was that waffle? You know, it was good. It was it was a good little train snack. It was, I, I in retrospect, I think if I were going to go back to Belgium and get another Belgian waffle, I would sit down and I would get it with like ice cream in on it. a restaurant, not yeah, on a train station. I would get like the full Belgian waffle experience with like chocolate sauce and ice cream and whipped cream and strawberries and also waffle. Um, but instead I just ate a waffle on its lonesome. If we were going back, I would do the exact same thing and not get one. <laughs> the exact same thing that I did and not get one. What if they had one with mussels on like it? Like a savory mussel waffle? Yeah, and like bechamel sauce. I mean... I'm going to make that. I'm, I try I, No, I do not. Will you make me a Belgian waffle with, with mussels? mussels and bechamel sauce? Well, it's funny that you mention eating mussels. Because our, I have a what's cooking good Dylan for you. Oh, okay. And you know a couple of days ago, or the, a couple episodes ago, where we talked about our new folk hero, the rotisserie chicken guy? Yes. Well, every folk story needs a villain. And I found our villain. There's a villain in the rotisserie chicken. Well, story? they have not met, but they. This is the anti. Yeah, no, the rotisserie chicken guy. Great, everybody loves him. This is. I found a villain. Okay. Have you, Liz? Have you heard of the Liver King? I have not. So let me start by just showing you a picture, and I. It's an odd. I want you to just get your reaction to this man. Hmm. hmm. Muscles. 
very muscular. Um, in this, in this picture, what do you what do you think that is that he's holding in the middle picture? I can I hold it? Yes. Um, so it's a very muscular man with a big beard. Is that a liver? It is a liver, and that's that's how, a big fucking liver. So this man is called the Liver King. Is that his own liver? No, he lived. He was. It, he became a fitness, health food, uh, TikTok star, mm. and he became popular by living a what he would call an ancestor's diet. Oh, so like paleo. Well, very much paleo, very hunter and gatherer. Although he took it to an extreme, even more extreme than paleo. He ate main speaking of muscles. He ate almost exclusively muscles, raw liver, bull testicle, and animal eyeballs. And his thing was he got this physique from eating exclusively raw liver, raw bull testicles, and muscles. Raw muscle, like animal muscles. Yeah, not not muscles with fish. Okay, like, isn't meat muscles generally? So there's like... It's not the best part of. It's not the best cut of meat, but. Uh, but this is this is like the dumbest thing I'm ever gonna say on this podcast. Yes. I hope, but I don't really know what meat is made of. Meat is you can't eat muscles, yes, but mainly the main thing is they're raw, and he is eating. He was a big proponent of this, and he was like, he was selling people on this idea that eating exclusively raw meat, bull testicles, and liver. Are the bull testicles raw? Yes. Everything. Is the liver raw? Yes. He was eating all this stuff raw, and he was selling people on this idea. Well, some documents leaked from him. Let me guess he's not actually just eating these things? Well, turns out my man was eating these things, but also taking a shitload of steroids. Sure. And that's what's getting these muscles for him. And these leaked by him, and somebody put out the emails that he sent, Telling somebody how he does steroids and at what time he does, basically his routine of steroids. This is exactly like, um, I don't know if they do this anymore because I stopped reading the kinds of things that have these, but they used to have some celebrity woman with an impossible body mm-hmm. who would be like, what I eat in a day? And it would be like breakfast, yeah. an egg, like... Or, I don't know, if it was the 90s, breakfast, a grapefruit. And like, it turns out they were just having cocaine and cigarettes. Exactly. It's like, maybe the they ate a grapefruit, maybe they ate a salmon and veggies, but they also definitely did a lot of weight loss drugs and or cocaine. So, this man had to basically, because he lives his entire life online, put a 45-minute long video explaining why he used steroids. I just don't know how you could look at that body and not think steroids oh. were involved. Oh, it's hilarious because any uh, anybody would be like, yeah, of course this fucking guy used steroids. Yeah, I mean, you can't... You Like, that's not what he's claiming isn't possible. Also, like, how many bull testicles did he eat in a day? You know, I actually doing this because you know I don't research. <laughs> I have not watched any of his videos, but I kept seeing the name Liver King pop up in my timelines and stuff. And I was like, I want to know what this story is. And it's not, it's, 
It is and it isn't exactly what I thought it would be. I mean, okay, so here's the thing. We learned a few weeks ago from Rotisserie Chicken Guy that if you eat only rotisserie chicken, you lose weight. Right. So it just seems impossible that if you eat even more specific and grosser meats that you would somehow get ripped. I feel that the dude didn't actually eat all those liver because I think if you eat that much, if you could, like there is raw diet, but if you consume that much raw meat, I think that you are... I have a lot of questions about eating raw liver because the point of the liver is to, like, filter toxins out. Oh, yeah. So some of those livers are probably not good. Yeah, I mean... Also, where do you get that much liver? Um, I mean, I had a whole bunch of chicken livers from... I guess you can get it from a supermarket. When I got Brick. Yeah. Because I was supposed to feed him liver. Oh, what a bougie cat. I um, did give him liver for a while, but then I switched to just giving him wet cat food. So what you're saying is your cat is the real liver king. I mean, look Look, how ripped he is. The liver king of Chicago. My cat is jacked. He's just, he has a six pack. Yep. (laughs) Wait, can you imagine a cat with like visible abs? Yeah, with just like, with like a, with like a cow testicle hanging out of its mouth. Yeah, like a cow, cow testicle, a cow testicle is bigger than Brick's head, I'm pretty sure. I've never thought about that. Yeah. I've never eaten a cow testicle, have you? I've had Rocky Mountain, Rocky Mountain Spotted Oysters before, which is like a fried cow testicle. Mm-hmm. But like they cut it up. It's not like a big old testicle. How was it? It's fine. It tastes, it's like, it tastes kind of like when I made you eat gizzards. Oh. So it's, so it's like gristly? It's a, li- it's a little gristly. Mm. But, uh, so... Uh, Lizard King is dead, long live rotisserie chicken guy, is basically what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, go rotisserie chicken man, undefeated. Undefeated. Didn't need to use steroids nope. to achieve. All I need to do was just have a very bland diet. Now, if we find out rotisserie chicken man oh. was doping, then I'm done with sports. I mean, that would be the internet to find out every dirty little thing about rotisserie chicken guy. Yeah. But we haven't yet. And yeah. He's passed, so. Yeah, everything's gone. We're not thinking about him anymore. Hopefully he is. Living his life. Yeah. Would you consider it? Okay, here's a question. Would you consider it doping if he got high before he ate a rotisserie Absolutely chicken? Absolutely not. So you think it would be, but you're generally like pro weed, <laughs> pro dope, not like pro doping, oh, pro, but you're like I don't care. Yeah, you're not like you're not really mad about it when I don't it happens. Think, I don't think it's doping. I think that if it turned out that one, he's not a professional. Right, that's true. Two, he's not competing. If he took, if it turned out that like Joey Chestnut like gave himself a second stomach, <laughs> you know, like got, <laughs> if, if he got that surgery. <laughs> Then yeah, I would have a problem with that. <laughs> the second stomach surgery. If he got the second stomach surgery, I would have a problem with him competing in a hot dog. You're just contest. like eating two days. You're like, guys, it's okay. I got the surgery. Yeah, I have two stomachs. <laughs> but but rotisserie chicken guy getting a little stoned to get in the munchies because I don't think that the I don't think that the munchies are the actually as bad as the like uh, the like seventies commercials make them seem. So, but so don't don't just eat uh, liver and don't get that second stomach surgery. And if you have a hobby, feel free to use performance enhancing drugs responsibly. Responsibly, yes. <laughs>
if your hobby is eating chicken. Also, if you want to eat just liver, that's none of my business. Yeah, you live your life. Yeah. Ooh, what's a... You liver your life. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> what's a liver George pizza? Uh... What? A, oh, a George whose pizza would have Wait, liver on it? what's George, George Romero. Who's he, that? He, he directed Night of the Living Dead. Oh. Night of the Liver Dead. Oh, no. Oh. Solid episode. All right. <laughs> hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of Food for Pod. If anything we talked about sounded good, I'll tell you where to get it. So George's Deep Dish is at 6221 North Clark Street in Chicago. Remember, you can order ahead, and that's recommended. Um, the places we talked about in Bruges include Bar Ran, That's Toast, and Day Republic, and they're all in Bruges in Belgium. I also got a Belgian waffle at a waffle stand in the Antwerp train station. Um, and that's all for today. Thanks again.